So would you rather be knocked down or lifted up? That's a silly question. We'd all rather be lifted up, right? We'd all rather be that person in Jesus' story who gets invited up to sit at the place of honor, not the person who gets booted from that place to make room for someone more worthy. I actually had the experience of living out this parable one time. I was uh, attending a meeting at the Catholic Conference Center in Hickory, and our bishop was there at the same time. He was attending a different meeting uh, at that location, but everyone was having lunch at the same time in the cafeteria, and I happened to be the last one in line to get my food. So by the time I had made my plate, I was standing there with my tray looking at the cafeteria, and there were only two seats available. There was, there was a, a table, an empty table, by itself in the corner with nobody else at it. And there was one chair right next to the bishop. And I actually thought about this parable as I was standing there with my tray, thinking about where I wanted to go and sit. And I went and sat at the table by myself because of this parable, right? <laughs> and wouldn't you know, the next thing I heard was the bishop calling me over to come and sit at that empty chair next to him. Now, I could congratulate myself on being really clever, right? <laughs> on being real shrewd. Because if I had presumed to go and sit down next to the bishop, I'd be wondering all through lunch, and maybe still wondering today, whether the bishop actually wanted me there or not. Right? Or maybe I had sat in someone else's seat. Maybe the vicar general was in the bathroom or something, and I had sat in someone else's seat, and he was just too polite to, to tell me. I would never know. But by sitting at the far table all alone, I created the opportunity for the bishop to call me to his side to that place of honor. So you could say that that was just the smart thing for me to have done, to sit at the table by myself, right? Very shrewd, maybe even calculating. And it would be all of those things, but it wouldn't necessarily be virtuous. For it to have been virtuous, I would have had to have been content, completely content, eating lunch at that table all alone, with no desire for the place of honor. Because only then would it be a true act of humility. What if I had sat at that table and the bishop hadn't called me over? Would I have been okay? eating lunch in solitude, enjoying my food, just as happy as a clam, sitting there by myself? Or would I have been grumbling the whole time, feeling sorry for myself, looking over at that empty seat next to the bishop and all those other people sitting at the table with them, getting to rub elbows with the successor of the apostles, wishing that was me, thinking that I deserve that privilege more than those other people? Which would I have done? I'm not going to answer that question for you. <laughs> but that difference in attitude is the difference between the virtue of humility and the vice of envy. The virtue of humility versus the vice of envy. We usually think about pride as being the opposite of humility, but I want to talk specifically about envy today, which often comes 
from pride. Now, a lot of times we get envy confused with jealousy, so I want to make sure we're clear on what we're talking about. Envy is when you want what someone else has. When you want what someone else has. Jealousy is when you're afraid that someone might take what you have. When you're afraid someone might take what you have. So if you're upset because your neighbor has a new convertible, that's envy. If you're upset because your husband went for a ride in your neighbor's new convertible, that's jealousy. (laughs) That's the difference, okay? Sometimes the scriptures uh, describe God as being jealous. And this is because God is jealous for us. Anytime that we are being unfaithful to him, because we belong to him, and he doesn't want to lose us. So God can be described as jealous, but jealousy in us is usually sinful because it's rooted in insecurity and in possessiveness. Because nothing, rightly speaking, belongs to us. Everything we have is given to us by God. So nothing rightly belongs to us. And if we're feeling jealous of, our, of these things, it's because we're overly attached to them. We're overly attached to things and persons and not attached enough to God. Both envy and jealousy can be manifestations of greed. Envy is a manifestation of greed if we're envious of other people's belongings, other people's things. But we can also be envious of other people's honor, their talent, their notoriety, their health, their looks, any quality that they have that we don't. We can be envious of. And that envy is rooted in pride. It comes from something in ourselves that says, I deserve that more than they do. And that's prideful. So if I was sitting at that table eating lunch all alone, and then the bishop called someone else over to sit next to him, maybe I would have thought, who is that guy? How does he get to be so friendly with the bishop? Why does he deserve that recognition? And I might start feeling sorry for myself and anger, maybe even hatred towards that other person whom I might not even know. This is why when you look up envy in the catechism, it calls it both a form of sadness and a refusal of charity. Envy is a form of sadness and a refusal of charity. It's a form of sadness because it spoils our happiness. If we're envious of someone else's good, that means that we feel that our own good is lacking in a way. And therefore, we become unhappy with who we are and what we have. Envy is a form of, uh, a refusal, rather, of charity because charity desires the good of others, and envy resents the good of others. So envy is antithetical to to charity, and that makes it toxic for the Christian life. It's poisonous for us. So what's the antidote? Well, because envy comes from pride, the only antidote is humility. Humility is that virtue of rightly understanding who we are. And who are we? Well, there's a clue 
in the word humility itself. It comes from the Latin word humus, humus, which means a delicious spread made from garbanzo beans. <laughs> no, humus, humus means dirt, it means earth, right? And that's why, the, that's why hummus is called hummus, because it looks like dirt. Humus means earthy, dirt. But humility doesn't mean telling ourselves, oh, we're dirt, we're just dirt, you know, as in we're worthless. That's not what it means. Humility means we're dirt in the sense that we are made by God from the dust of the earth. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's more common these days to talk about how we're all made out of stardust. That sounds nicer, doesn't it? Right? It sounds a little bit more exalted to think that we're made from stardust. But it amounts to the same thing. Either way, we're made from dust, whether it came from this planet or another one, right? We're made from material things. God made us. We are creatures. God is a creator. And therefore, everything that we have and everything that we are is a gift from God. And that's why humility inoculates us against envy. Because if we appreciate everything that we have as a free gift from God, an undeserved gift from God, including our own person, how can we be envious of the gifts that God chooses to give to others? How dare we be envious of the gifts that God chooses to give to other people? St. John Chrysostom says that if we want to see God glorified in ourselves, then we need to rejoice in our brother's good. If we want to see God glorified in ourselves, we need to rejoice in our brother's good because by rejoicing in the good things that God gives to others, we're praising the God who bestows that goodness. And we're also imitating God who himself is rejoicing in the blessings that he's bestowing upon people. So if I'm sitting at that table all by myself eating lunch, praise God that I have a table to sit at. Praise God that I have food to eat. Praise God for this gift of the time alone that he's given me to meditate and to pray while I'm enjoying that food. And if the bishop calls someone else to come and sit next to him, praise God for that person. Praise God for the honor that he's being given. Praise God for the joy that he feels at being recognized like that. We're all part of the body of Christ. And when one part of the body is honored, the whole body is honored. And so the whole body should rejoice. That's humility. That's the key to humility. It's not taking the lowest place so that you can be called up to the highest place. It's being happy with the lowest place. It's not throwing a banquet, throwing a party, so that other people can then invite you to their parties. That's not being generous. That's just being manipulative and conniving. It's throwing a banquet for the joy of feeding other people. Humility means being poor in spirit whether or not you're rich in material goods. Our Lord himself walked the path of humility and he gives us himself as a model to follow. He says in our gospel today that the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He's speaking of himself. Christ is the one who humbles himself even to death 
dying on the cross. Sirach says in our first reading, humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. Well, no one is greater than God the Son, who took the lowest place, and in his lowliness was put to death. He was buried in the earth, planted in the humus, wrapped in humility like a shroud, And after three days, he rose again and was exalted, taking his seat at the right hand of the Father. And he calls us now to take our place beside him. But we can only share in his crown of glory if we're clothed with his humility. There's no other way. There's a prayer that I want to share with you that I've found to be very helpful in my own spiritual life. It's called the Litany of Humility, and I hope most of you are familiar with it already, but if not, I ask that it be printed in the bulletins as a little insert for you. Father said not to read your bulletin during Mass, but if you want to, you can look and and pull that out. Now, ever since I discovered this prayer, it's been my personal experience that if I ever feel spiritually out of whack, if I'm spiritually unsettled, if I pray this prayer in earnest for several days in a row, things get better, without fail. Because if I'm spiritually unquieted, if I'm spiritually not at rest, it's always because of pride. It's always because of pride, and I need this reminder of humility. And we all need a regular reminder of what it means to be truly humble. So I wanted to give this prayer to you And I'll end my homily by praying it with you now. You can join in the responses if you like. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it that others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. 
that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.